Welcome to another edition of Inside Analysis. I'm Peter White, and today my guest is Cameron Brownjohn, the founder and CEO of Federation Asset Management. And Cameron, maybe first up, you're a relatively new kid on the block in Federation. Can you explain the genesis of the business, why you set it up and how it came to be? We have been in existence since September of 2018, so relatively new, coming on two years, as you suggest, and we are still in our ramp-up phase. We have six existing investment strategies or four existing private equity investments uh, and two real estate investment trusts and near on $200 million of funds under management. We invest in renewable energy, social and education real estate, and then operating private equity businesses in sectors that we have experience and people have asked us, why do you do these things? That's different to what many others do. Uh, and the answer that we've found most convenient to give uh, in short form is that 90% of Macquarie Group's proprietary profits come from renewables the way we do it, real estate the way we do it, and private equity the way that we do it. I know that because I formerly ran the principal investing effort for Macquarie for Australia and New Zealand, and various of my colleagues at Federation were also senior members of the principal investing effort at Macquarie. And the team and I unplugged what we were doing for Macquarie uh, and plugged it into Federation. Well, you have that Macquarie heritage. What was their attitude when you upped and left? Did you leave on good terms or was it an agreed departure? We continue to speak to Macquarie in in many ways, both as uh, co-investors or across the table on various situations, including we're currently looking at a portfolio of renewable energy infrastructure assets that Macquarie is mandated to sell for and on behalf of global infrastructure investor John Lang. Uh, We're looking at that portfolio We continue to welcome the Macquarie teams in through our offices and and they welcome us in in through their offices as well. So as good as I guess we could have hoped in the way that we've parted ways from them. You've currently got a capital raising going at the moment. Not the greatest time to be looking to raise capital in this COVID environment. Do you want to just give me a bit of a background on that capital raising? We've got an incredibly strong pipeline of opportunities that the Federation team continue to find and access and be able to prosecute. So as and when we find that we have the abilities to readily deploy our investors' capital, we tend to ask for that next set of capital to deploy, as opposed to raising a whole bunch of money up front and sitting on cash and waiting for opportunities that may come. We have not decided that that would be the best way to maximise our investors' returns, but rather to ask for the money when it is that we think we can deploy it in a relatively short timeline. Yes, it's fair to say that the dislocation related to the COVID-19 crisis and oil price and the global socioeconomic impacts has not mean that we've been maximising that amount of money that could be coming into the tin, but that's okay. We'll be patient. And there are a number of investors that are increasingly supporting us. We've got several hundred investors now, uh, and we're excited to, I guess, claim our first few institutional investors in in relatively recent history over the last couple of months. Hester and Suncorp, for example, have started to invest alongside our other investors and, and we're pleased to have them. 
uh, and we're pleased that um, we're now developing that limb to our operation as well. It seems like you're appealing to a rather broad church, everything from individuals to, to institutions. Yeah, one of the motivations, Peter, of the team in setting up Federation is that we wanted to make institutional grade investments available to everyone, not just the big end of town like we were when we were at Macquarie. Uh, so when we set ourselves up, we went through the extra work and the extra diligence and I guess the extra cost of making sure that we were credentialed to not just take high net worth and sophisticated investor money, but also take retail investor money. That requires some extra gymnastics through the ASIC process to get the appropriate AFSLs. We have obtained those AFSLs and so we are able to manage different cohorts of investors. I guess one of the considerations for why you would not do that is return on time. So we decided to outsource custodianship and administration to, to Apex. We've outsourced our responsible entity to equity trustees, for example. What we think that offers investors is what we would argue to be a strong investment team within Federation with best in class corporate governance from a reporting side we're completely scalable and there's no clunkiness in our systems because we're using best in class systems that Apex can provide in that regard. What is the hurdle to invest? Is it 20K, 100K? What's the, what's the minimum investment? Yeah, ordinarily for private equity funds, people might limit that to say $500,000. I understand that KKR has recently ruled the line at a higher number at $5 million on one of their funds, for example. In our instance, we're able to accept investors as low as $20,000. At the end of the day, we are a private capital vehicle. We're not buying BHP and shorting Rio and trying to trade in and out of stocks on a day-to-day -day basis. We're much more the sort of shop that is taking a medium-term view and we're trying to find uh, what investments we can make that uh, first and foremost will protect our investors' capital. Secondly, we'll make a return on that investor's capital. And thirdly, we think fits a good ESG lens because we think that if it does operate in a socially responsible way, the underlying investments are more likely to make money and more likely to protect capital than not. This team has committed $2.3 billion since 2011 into situations that have exited. So equity investments into situations that have exited. Uh, the team has invested more than that into equity situations that have, have not been exited uh, and has invested billions of dollars of debt into these sectors as well. As I guess a private equity firm should look at, the proof is in the pudding. How have the investments gone in the situations that we've exited? the $2.3 billion of equity investments into situations that have exited, we've achieved a 23% gross IRR, which we would argue is strong, particularly over such a long period of time and over such a large amount of capital. Finally, we're in unusual, uncharted times. What's your take on the world economy? I think that we'll be in for a, a protracted period of lower GDP. I suspect reverting GDP in many countries. I think Australia will not be immune to that. I definitely think it will be for, for quite a protracted period, a market of winners and losers. Near on 6 million people are on JobKeeper. Well, the labour force is only 13 million people. 1.6 million people are on the dole. It points to a pretty dark outcome for the foreseeable future. 
certainly all of our analysis suggests that prudence is best. To get credit approved at Federation, there's very much a focus on how will we protect investors' capital before we turn our minds to making a return on that capital. There will be buying opportunities that we foresee over the coming period, and, and, uh, and we would hope to behave economically rationally as we, as we sift through those opportunities. Cameron Brown, John, thanks for talking to us today and good luck with Federation. Thank you very much.